This is Easy Does It Barbecue with your host, Dan McDonald, owner of Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. If you're ready to dig into some serious talk about all things barbecue, from the moo to the oink, grab a cold one and let's get down to business. Now, here's Dan McDonald. Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Easy Does It Barbecue Show. We call it that because we talk about the easiest way to do barbecue and all things uh having to do with outdoor cooking. My name is Dan McDonald. The show is sponsored by Colorado Barbecue Outfitters, which I am the owner and operator of. It's located at 5921 North Academy Boulevard, right here in Colorado Springs. And our website is 719bbq.com. Feel free to stop in the store anytime, Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 6, or Sunday, 11 to 4. We can answer all of your questions. We'd love to hear about other topics you're interested in on the show. That being said, let's jump right into today's topic, which is something that is an integral part of outdoor cooking, let alone barbecuing. Actually, this item that I'm going to talk about is used for many, many things. It was something that started humanity's use of metals, believe it or not, and that topic is charcoal. We've all heard about it. We may have even all used it at some point, but where does it come from? How was it made? What's the history of charcoal? Why do we like to use charcoal? Why do we use charcoal instead of just burning wood? And these are all things I'm going to answer today. So what is charcoal? Well, we'll start with that. Charcoal is wood that has been subjected to higher heat, but the oxygen has been cut off. What it basically does is dries the wood out. It extracts the moisture from the wood. And what you're left with is pure carbon. So again, you take the wood and subject it to high heat, however that's done, and it can be done a number of ways, but yet it's in a chamber that takes the oxygen out. And so the wood basically turns to what we call char, or also known as charcoal. Why is this important and integral part? Because char or charcoal burns very hot when you use it versus just the use of wood. It provides high heat. It's relatively inexpensive for the most part. A little bit of history about charcoal. Lump charcoal has basically been used for pretty much, I think they have found it uh, going back about a million years. Oh, how did I get so old so fast? Charcoal is obviously naturally created in mother nature with things like forest fires, lightning strikes. What is unfortunately left is a great deal of charcoal. Forest fires burn so hot that a lot of the oxygen is taken out with just heat and a lot of the trees and stumps and things like that that are left. So picture in your mind tens of thousands of years ago, cavemen after a forest fire are walking through an area and they're coming across uh, charred animal carcasses that they find. And more than likely, they probably realized that these animal carcasses were cooked and they probably tried it and realized that this was a great way uh, to eat meat. Let's eat. Prior to that, they were probably eating everything raw. Once they discovered cooking meat, not only tasted better, but it actually provided them with a little more energy. It provided them with more calories. The use of cooking meat is part of why humans were able to evolve the way they did. Charcoal is an extremely integral part to the history of human beings. Lump has dis- was discovered as far back as use of lump charcoal, and I'll explain what that is later, 
far back as 30,000 BC. The first uses of, of, of charcoal other than uh, using for cooking were also used for art. So put that under the heading as well. The lump charcoal, and let's talk about that. There are two types of charcoal that are out there. The main two types are lump charcoal. And what that is, is all natural wood that again has been subjected to high heat uh, without oxygen. So lump charcoal is as close to really all natural wood as you're going to get. You're going to get big pieces. You're going to get small pieces. It really depends on the type of wood that is used to create the charcoal. Lump charcoal does tend to burn hotter, and mainly the reason it does is not necessarily the composition, because it's just pure carbon, but because of the different size pieces that you get. When you pour lump charcoal into your grill and you light it, because of the different size pieces, it allows for better airflow uh, through them, unlike, say, briquettes, which are nice and uniform and can tend to pack a little better together. So it's really all about the airflow through the lump that causes it to, to allow higher heat. Now, the reason we use it in barbecue, quite frankly, is because even though it seems like an oxymoron to say something that uses higher heat for barbecue, when we turn our vents down and once again, we're cutting off that, that air, the charcoal will last for an incredible amount of time. Just like back in the days before electricity, a lot of people used coal. Now, don't recommend using coal in place of wood charcoal, of course, but it just burned for a long time. It was very efficient for people. It's usually used less for lower cooks. So most of the time, hardwood lump charcoal is probably generally used for uh, longer cooks, such as low and slow like barbecue. When I buy a charcoal bag, I'm nerdy enough that I pour the bag out and then I separate the small from the large size. I light my lump charcoal with the small because less surface area means it's going to ignite quicker. And then I pour that onto the larger size and use the larger size for the cook. So that's just a matter of simple science there. Some of the larger chunks of charcoal can still have wood components in them, meaning that it just was not entirely uh, devoid of any wood resin and uh, that is where you, you would get flavor. One, one of the myths of charcoal is that it adds flavor to the cook. Now, don't get me wrong. Burning charcoal and producing chemical compounds from that will add some flavor because most people know when things have been cooked over charcoal versus over a gas flame, etc., or an infrared. However, uh, if you use mesquite lump charcoal, you are not necessarily and actually probably not going to get a lot, if any, mesquite flavor from that charcoal because most of the wood resins of the mesquite wood that was used has been basically burnt out of it. Uh, now, that's not to say you may pick up some, but if you are picking up some, just know that some of the wood resin is still existing in that charcoal. One of the things, complaints I hear on social media about lump charcoal is debris that exists in the bag. I want to explain that this is perfectly natural. Now, when I say it's perfectly natural, what I am not referring to is large chunks of concrete or chunks of insulation or something that, that we definitely don't want near our food. There are unfortunately some cheaper brands out there that you could run across that. And what's happening is they are using untreated, reclamated wood scraps or lumber. So for example, you have an oak furniture company that is making oak furniture and they are taking raw oak wood and they're cutting it down into planks and, and so on. And they're, they've got tons and tons of sawdust left over. Well, 
obviously they can make money on that waste. And so what they're doing is they're selling it to charcoal plants who then take it and once again turn it into a form of, of carbon or charcoal. Uh, there is all natural wood that is literally taken right from trees that are harvested, generally on farms, uh, or they're using reclamated wood. And the more natural the source, the better the charcoal, of course, is going to be. And usually, everyone, that is reflected in the price of the charcoal. So just like anything, barbecue is uh, you get what you pay for. Obviously, Colorado Barbecue Outfitters does carry hardwood lump charcoal to use, especially for barbecue, which, again, is low and slow. Currently, the brands I have right now are the Big Green Egg brand, which, to be perfectly honest, is a private-labeled form of a higher-end uh, Royal charcoal brand. Royal is very popular and has many different, uh, different types of charcoal they sell out, from cheap all the way up to the very high-end. Um, my most popular brand is uh, a bag of hardwood lump charcoal called Rockwood. It is uh, uh, an American-owned uh, company out of Missouri, so all of the wood is sourced right here within our country. Uh, it is all-natural um, wood. They do not use reclamated lumber or anything like that, uh, and it's oak and hickory. I just brought in, I had a higher-end offering for charcoal uh, for the last few years, but I ran across another, and, and many of you asked me to bring this brand in, and so I thought I'd give it a try, and it's called Jealous Devil Charcoal. It is a, a higher-end, high-premium lump, which means, when I mean by high-premium lump, I mean it has bigger pieces. So the idea of that is it's going to last longer, so you do not have to go out to your pit and constantly keep adding charcoal. Uh, it's actually cheaper, and you get a couple more pounds of charcoal Two pounds of charcoal doesn't sound like much, but charcoal does not weigh a lot, folks. So you actually get more product for that. Uh, what I really love about the Jealous Devil, which is kind of funny, is the bag is absolutely awesome. It's a resealable bag and has a handle on the side, which I'm laughing because it doesn't sound like much with regards to the charcoal. But it's, it's great packaging as far as from a retail standpoint. But more importantly, it is awesome charcoal. And I'm very excited to announce that I'll be bringing in the Jealous Devil version of an organic or all-natural briquette. For those of you that have been in this store, know that I, I have preached lump charcoal for, for the last nine years. Uh, it's not that I'm dead set against briquettes. It's just that briquettes are generally used more hot and fast than low and slow. But there are t situations where briquettes do come into play. The problem is, is, is the average briquette on the market actually has quite a few chemicals and things in it that I am not a fan of. They usually add things like starch and sodium nitrate and limestone and borax, uh, things like that to keep those briquettes in, in place. And I don't know, to me, that is just not what I would call all natural. Uh, now, guys, I'm not implying that the, the briquettes out there that the stores sell are, are going to, you know, hurt you or anything like that. They're perfectly fine. But understand that as an owner of a barbecue supply store, I probably am a charcoal snob like many of my customers are. Um, so the, the Jealous Devil brand, like I said, offers a wonderful hardwood lump charcoal uh, in an awesome package, uh, and then soon I will be getting in their all-natural briquettes that I'll be very happy to, to to sell as well to to people who would rather use those. But their briquettes, just to to emphasize again, are all natural or organic, and do not have chemicals in them. Um, let's talk about briquettes because now now lump charcoal, of course, in its natural form, again, has been around for 
basically millions of years. I mean, you know, it, like I said, lightning strikes and you have a forest fire and uh, as devastating as that, that can be, uh, the byproduct of that forest fire is a lot of charcoal. And uh, that was very beneficial to, uh, to early humans, as, as you can imagine, because they could cook with it. And, and then, as I pointed out earlier, they could even use it for artwork. So let's talk about briquettes. In 1897, a gentleman named Ellsworth Zwoyer was really kind of the creator of briquettes. He, he was the first person to copyright a uniform pressed briquette. And it was essentially charcoal dust, if you will, or what was left over from, from milling uh, uh, charcoal. And they packed it into a briquette form. So it was just a another way of, of using a byproduct of, of, of something that a company was creating uh, and making more money on it, quite frankly. In, in the 1920s, Henry Ford obviously was just an, an incredible businessman. He, he was making his vehicles. He had very little waste. Uh, Henry Ford realized that a lot of uh, the parts that he was ordering, that he was bringing in, that were being shipped in, were shipped in wooden crates. Uh, oftentimes they would use um, sawdust to pack those. And then more importantly, Henry Ford was very known for producing a lot of his own uh, vehicle parts. And one of those were wooden spokes and wooden wooden uh, wheels. And again, a byproduct of that mill that created those was a lot of sawdust. So Henry Ford and another gentleman by the name of E.B. Kingsford and the famous Thomas Edison all got together. They collaborated and created what became Kingsford Charcoal. Now, you know, there was a, a, a myth going around, and, and I actually even uh, uh, thought this was true until I learned it was not, that I thought the Ford in Kingsford came from Henry Ford, but that's not true at all. Kingsford is now a, a huge billion-dollar company. Kingsford offers quite a few different levels. They have a hardwood lump. They have a competition. Um, they do have a cheaper briquette that I do tend to stay away from simply because of, of the content in it. Briquettes became a byproduct of of uh, Henry Ford's uh, production line. And it was just a way to simply make more money uh, rather than wasting a, a byproduct of that. Briquettes do offer more ash because they do tend to have things like starch and borax and stuff in them holding them together, uh, which are called binders. Uh, so when you cook with briquettes, you do tend to have a heavier ash that's left over. Problem with that is, and in some grills, you need more air. You need better airflow, and if that heavy ash is is blocking vents and things, that could cause a problem for your cook. I think I mentioned earlier that charcoal is really more about heat than flavor. Um, there is a lot of you know we live in a marketing world where uh, the goal of companies is to get consumers to buy. Let's just be very upfront and frank about that. So a lot of times it's about packaging. So they will package and quote-unquote imply that the charcoal is going to impart a flavor. And unless that charcoal has any of the wood resin specifically in it, which they really don't have much of a control over if they're turning it to true carbon, that, that is a, sort of a far cry from, from reality. It's really going to provide more heat. Now, that being said, there are different wood varieties that are turned in the charcoal that may burn hotter than some. 
just like wood species on their own. Oak is a very hardwood, and it will burn hotter than, say, alder, which is a softer type of hardwood. The myth. Some of the myths that are around charcoal that I've seen out there is it's easy to make. I hear this all the time. I see people, people will come into my store and and, and they'll look at a higher end bag of charcoal and, and say, well, uh, I can make that. And I'm here to tell you that yeah, you probably could outside though of city ordinances more than likely restricting you. But uh, I even looked in it at one time. I thought, you know, why not try making my own charcoal until I realized uh, what you have to do. You literally have to burn that wood for 24 hours or more. So what a lot of people will do is they will get a, uh, a barrel and they will stuff the wood down in and pack it with as much wood as possible. And then they will make a fire around the barrel and they will close the barrel off, which cuts the air off but they're applying heat. Now, folks, imagine keeping a fire hot enough going for over 24 hours to make your, your charcoal. That It's a lot more work than you can ever anticipate. So if you're thinking about making it, first I would implore you, check with local ordinances first. I think if you're in the city, you probably will find you can't even do it on your property anyway. So let's be careful out there. Uh, charcoal cannot spontaneously combust. Yes, uh, it, it can burn, but it, it will not just spontaneously combust without having some kind of element of heat added to it. Um, now, I suppose, obviously, if you set it somewhere where it has an insane amount of heat, then it, then it could. But it is not just going to combust in your garage or, or out on your patio or something, even on the hottest of days. The myth. Another myth that I'd like to emphasize is is the offering of flavor. Um, it's going what it's the flavor that you are picking up is the level of smoke flavor that the charcoal produces. It's not the flavor from the wood that was made. So I, I want to point that out. Uh, the other one is debris in the bag means that it's cheap. I I think I said earlier that. Every all-natural hardwood lump charcoal, no matter what you pay for it and what the company is, could possibly have debris. It's just, it's, it's just possible, folks. These charcoal plants are dealing with tons and tons of wood, and they're using huge bulldozers to pick this wood up and throw it into huge kilns. And so you could get a rock or two in there. Now, yes, some of the cheaper charcoal that's out on the market, I said, will use untreated mill and so it's not unheard of to get a nail in there i know it seems kind of horrible when you're paying by the pound but folks it can happen now what you don't want to have happen is a 10 pound chunk of concrete stuck in your 20 pound bag of charcoal that you've paid for i want to talk about lighting charcoal i just said charcoal does not spontaneously combust we need to light it now what my father rest his soul did and he did it sheerly out of ignorance because this is what all fathers of the 60s and early 70s did is he went down the local hardware store he bought a bag of uh, most likely briquettes back then because they were cheaper and then he also bought uh, the horrible thing called lighter fluid uh, lighter fluid is now or charcoal lighter fluid as we called it is sort of considered a cardinal sin these days but back then, that's what we did. We doused our charcoal. We threw a big match. We had a huge fire. We let it burn down until the charcoal got to ash, and we cooked on it. But as many of you uh, probably remember back then, un unfortunately imparted sometimes a petroleum or fuel-like flavor to our food. Um, 
the key to that was letting that, that lighter fluid burn off. And so if you had the patience, such as uh, Myron Mixon, who is a famous competition guy, he claims he uses lighter fluid, but the key is he lets it burn off for a long period of time. Um, I would advocate don't do that. Just use a more organic way to light your charcoal. Those can be guys as simple as you take a paper towel, you soak it in a vegetable oil, or you rub Crisco oil all over it, shortening, and you light that. Um, I've seen people take sawdust, little pieces of wood, uh, things like that. Again, not treated lumber. Uh, put them in an egg carton and uh, pour paraffin wax, I, I, all kinds of stuff. I sell a product at the store that I call our haystacks, and they are little shreds of wood that's been put together in paraffin wax. Uh, a chimney starter. On the accessories show, I talked about something called a chimney starter, which looks like a large coffee can with a handle on the side. It has holes in the bottom, and it's open at top. What you do is provide a heat source from the bottom, and the air, it's, it, it's called a chimney starter because it acts like a chimney. The air is drawn in through the bottom, and as the heat and smoke leave the top, it sucks more air, just like your fireplace basically does, and it gets that charcoal in there started very quickly. Um, whatever heat source you put at the bottom is up to you. You can crumple up a newspaper. I use the aforementioned haystacks or cubes that you can light. And again, we have those at Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. Um, there are electric starters for charcoal where you pour your lump charcoal in your grill and the electric starter is nothing more than a heating element that you stuff down into the charcoal and uh, it will get that charcoal lit. Uh, there was a product years ago called a loof lighter that I used to sell. And quite frankly, I quit selling it because I found a better option for it, uh, to be honest. And again, I talked about this on the accessories show. Uh, what the loof lighter was is it shot out very hot air out at the end, about 1,500 degrees. Um, I used to sell them. They were very expensive. But my conscience got the better of me because I went over to uh, Harbor Freight and found what was called a paint heat gun. Uh, it was literally about $15 when it's not on sale, and it does exactly the same thing. Now, I do not sell paint heat guns because you can pick them up at most uh, relatively inexpensive hardware stores, folks. But that is a very fancy way to get your charcoal lit in virtually minutes. We really want to stay away from petroleum products, and we especially want to stay away from buying charcoal that's already been soaked in petroleum products. Again, if you do not burn all that off, you're going to have petroleum tasting food. Let's talk a little bit about charcoal cookers that are out there, or charcoal grills or charcoal smokers, however you want to call it. Basically, guys, the beauty of charcoal is it can be as simple as a very small fire pit with a grate of some kind over the top, and you've got your charcoal and you throw your meat on the grate. So if you've ever been camping and cooked over a campfire, um, most of the time, rather than cooking over the high flames, you pull some of that, uh, some of the ash and some of the coals that are already going uh, aside and, and cook over that. And that's, that's basically your cooking over lit charcoal at that point. Um, a cook chamber with a grate, once people realized, well, if I can do this on the ground, then I can do it up waist high in a, in a grate. And that's when your charcoal grills were started coming around. The Weber kettle grill uh, was around since the 50s, and most of you probably know what that looks like. Uh, but that was a gentleman who just wanted Weber to take an old uh, buoy out of Lake Michigan, 
uh, near Chicago and turn it into a charcoal grill. And all it did is it had vents on the bottom to allow airflow, uh, just similar to that chimney starter. And then they put a grate over it, and lo and behold, they were cooking. Um, there are many knockoffs to the Weber kettle that are out there. You can you can buy them at some of the big box stores for literally as cheap as under $20. Uh, the Santa Maria grill, that's a special type of grilling that comes not only out of Santa Maria, California, but it's very big in South America. And what it is is you have charcoal that's in a, in a cook chamber, and then you have two poles on either side. And on, on the poles, the, uh, what's attached to it is the uh, cooking grid. And you have a crank that allows you to crank the grid up and down. So if you go down closer to the charcoal, it's hotter. If you crank it up, obviously it's away from the heat. And so if you're smoking, you're going to have it up higher and enjoying some of that smoke from the charcoal, or if you add wood, and then you crank it down, and now it's a grill, hot and fast. One of the questions I get often in, in the store is, can you reuse charcoal, speaking of, of those? And, and the answer is most definitely yes. On these grills I'm talking about, with the exception of maybe the Santa Maria, a lot of times you can close your charcoal grill down, close your vents down. Um, so the Kamado grills, for example, that I've talked about on previous shows, uh, these are the uh, ceramic grills that are out there. After the char- after you've cooked your food, you just close the vents down on them, and you're cutting off the air. The charcoal will go out, sift out the ash, and you've simply um, you've got leftover charcoal, and you can reuse it again. Real quickly, I want to talk about disposing of ash as a safety reason. Never, obviously, always have fully extinguished ash. Um, one of the things that's interesting about ash is if it's additive-free, it's an awesome fertilizer. Uh, usually used potash or potassium carbonate in it, and uh, plants absolutely love it, especially in our environment. Um, it can be used as a mild abrasive. Some people have used that to shine silver. Uh, you can de-skunk your pet with ash. Uh, you can make lye soap, which is probably not something the average household would do. Um, and you can use it in your pond, in your backyard, to reduce algae. So charcoal ash actually has quite a few uses for it. It, it. Under safety, charcoal can spark. You need to put a grill mat down under your grill, and you always should use gloves. Folks, that's today's show about charcoal. Um, I hope that we covered all the topics. If I didn't, give me a call at the store at 719-465-1041 or shoot me an email at info at 719bbq.com. I would love to hear other topics you'd like to hear, clarification of topics. We could even have an entire show of just miscellaneous things that you'd like that we didn't cover in previous shows. Also like to let you know that under the topic of education, um, my best of barbecue classes are going strong right now at the store. Look on our website to see when those are happening and uh, come on down. We have a lot of fun. We not only teach you everything about barbecue, but we feed you at the end of class. Once again, come into Colorado Barbecue Outfitters at 5921 North Academy Boulevard, or you can go to our website at 719bbq.com. You can reach out to me on all forms of social media. We look forward to any topics you'd like to hear about in the future, as well as any questions on this week's show. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if it ain't easy, you're working too hard. That's all, folks.
Thanks for listening to Easy Does It Barbecue, brought to you by Colorado Barbecue Outfitters, specializing in pellet grills, charcoal grills, electric smokers, sauces, rubs, and barbecue accessories. Online at 719BBQ.com. See you next Saturday at 1 for Easy Does It Barbecue. And listen to the podcast on Podbean.